Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. Come on. I'm on. I'm on. Why don't you all stand? We're just going to pray before we jump into the Word of God this morning. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm excited for what God has for us. And I just really believe that he's going to do something special in your life. I believe that it's on purpose that you're here, that it's not by coincidence. Maybe a neighbor or coworker invited you. Maybe it's your first time in church and you might think, what are all these crazies doing here? I want to tell you that God is real, that he loves you. He's got a purpose and a plan for your life and he wants you to know who he is. So father, I just pray that this morning you would reveal yourself in a mighty way. I pray, God, that you would open our hearts and open our minds. God, that the truth of your word and the power of your spirit would transform us and we would leave different than when we came in. God, for those in this place that came just carrying a burden, I pray, Lord, that they would leave it here at your feet. Maybe it's a burden of sin or a situation that they're going through, God. I pray that they would just encounter you, that we would encounter you in a very real way. And that you would just deliver us, keep us, strengthen us, encourage us, and fill us with your power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As you sit down, why don't you give our worship team just thanks. Praise God. I feel like just because Pastor Chris said I'm going to sit, I might want to stand for a little bit. It's kind of funny. I, uh, I ruptured my Achilles five or six weeks ago playing basketball in the gym here at the church. And yeah, it's not that funny, but um, the funny part is my right leg is getting so stinking strong that when I look in the mirror, this thing looks like a toothpick and there's like a stump. Um, and my kids, they take advantage of it because they run away all the time and I can't catch them and they know it. But you got to look at the positive of everything, right? No matter what storms come at you, you got to raise your hallelujah. Amen? And ain't nothing going to keep me down. So last week, uh, we started a series called I Am Jesus. And this week is week two of the seven weeks of the I Am statements that Jesus made. And as Pastor Cliff or Pastor Chris mentioned, uh, tomorrow night is week two of Alpha. So Alpha is a safe place for you to journey, to ask questions, to discover truth, uh, to just watch a video and join with other people who are on a journey. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. Maybe you're new to the faith. Maybe you're an atheist. Maybe you're a Buddhist. Everyone's welcome at Alpha. And tomorrow night, the topic is, and the question that we're going to wrestle with is, who is Jesus? And so maybe today's sermon or last week's message If you didn't hear last week's message, by the way, I would say jump on our website, check out iTunes, have a listen. Pastor Ben preached on the first I am statement that Jesus made, which we find in the book of John. It says, I am the bread of life. And he who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who follows me or believes in me will never thirst. This is a statement that Jesus made about himself. And so maybe it sparks some curiosity. Is Jesus who he really said he is? We're going to tackle that this morning. We're going to unpack it a little bit. But if you're still curious, I would invite you out to tomorrow night to Alpha at 8 p.m. Come at 7 for worship with Tehillah. And uh, I'm sure that God will do a continuation of what he's stirring in your heart right now. So 
The Gospel of John that we find these seven I am statements that Jesus made about himself is very interesting in this. John is set to open people's minds and to declare that Jesus is not only is not only fully man, but he's also fully God. And just like a coin has two sides to it, Jesus had two sides. He was fully man, but he was also fully God. And that's what he said about himself. I don't know if you've ever asked before, what was the accusation? What was the crime that Jesus committed that actually got him to the place where he was arrested and nailed to a cross 2,000 years ago? It wasn't just because he caused an uproar. He did things countercultural. He brought grace where there was law. And he just made some frustrated people that were legal uh, religious leaders. But it was actually because Jesus claimed to be God. Jesus actually, there's all sorts of religions out there that believe in Jesus. Some believe he was a prophet. Some believe he was a good teacher. Some believe whatever they believe about Jesus. He was a man that existed. History proves it. But Jesus actually didn't just come on this earth and, and he was a good teacher, but he was actually God incarnate in the flesh, which we'll discover today in the statement. So I want to start this morning by reading to you the statement that Jesus made that we find in John chapter 8, verse 12. If you've got your Bible this morning, go ahead and open to it. Uh, If you want, you can follow on the screen. The scripture is there. But this is what Jesus said about himself. He said, I am the light of the world. And he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. It's a question that people were wrestling with back then. Who is Jesus? If you look at John chapter 6 and chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, They're wrestling, they're asking themselves, the Jewish leaders and rabbis and Pharisees and Sadducees, they're wrestling with this question, who is this man that speaks with such authority? Who is this man that does these signs and these wonders and these miracles? Who is this man that people are following, that commands a presence by his very words? It's a question that people asked back then, who is Jesus? And it's a question that people wrestle with today, who is Jesus? Pastor Ben last week, or maybe it was Easter Sunday, uh, talked about a quote by a gentleman named C.S. Lewis, who was a theologian, an author. He did the Narnia series. And the quote kind of answered it like this. Jesus was either a liar, in which case he wasn't a good teacher, and you shouldn't believe anything he says, Or he was a lunatic, he was delusional, he believed himself to be somebody that he actually wasn't. Or Jesus was Lord. In which case, it only leaves us with one response, to bow our knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I would like to submit to you this morning that he not only said that he was Jesus, but he proved that he was Jesus. John, who wrote this gospel, was somebody who knew Jesus well. He was actually one of Jesus' closest friends. And he had his life radically transformed from a fisherman to a follower of Christ. To someone who wrote a book, wrote a gospel, wrote a story about Jesus. And he focuses on these seven I am statements that Jesus made about himself. And really, when John writes the gospel of John, he he actually focuses in on the last 72 hours of Jesus' life. John was someone who had his life radically transformed and his purpose in writing the book 
of John was to clearly to show us that Jesus was not only fully man, but he was also fully God. Jesus was and is the very manifest presence of God incarnate in the flesh. And in these seven I am statements that we're going to unpack over the next few weeks, Jesus is declaring to the world that he is God. He leaves no question, no shadow of a doubt. And today I want to look at the second statement. I already read it to you, but I want to break this up into two sections. In the first section, I want to look at who Jesus said he was. Who is Jesus? In the second section, I want to look at what, did, what does this mean to us as followers of Christ? So let's look at Jesus, who he is and who he says he is. The first part of that verse in John chapter 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. And you can almost break that into two sections. So if you've got your Bible out, mark it up, circle the I am portion. I want to just unpack that a little bit because when Jesus said, I am, for the Jews that heard that, they clearly understood that Jesus was referencing when God revealed himself to the people of God, when God revealed himself to Moses in the desert in the book of Exodus. The people of God were held captive. They were slaves to the Egyptians and they were slaves for over 400 years. I think it was like 430 years. And God calls this man named Moses to go to the Egyptians and to go to the people of Israel and to demand that the Pharaoh would let God, God's people go. And so in Exodus chapter three, Moses says to God, when the people of Israel ask me, who is it that I should tell them sent me? God speaks to Moses and says this. He says, I am that I am. And he says, when they ask you who sent you, I want you to tell them that I am sent you. And it's really important that we understand what this means. Ben talked about it a little bit last week, but I want to just blow this open a little bit more because when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, there's a reference to this story in the Old Testament, the two tied together. When God says to Moses, I am, he was saying he is the eternal constant God. I am is the ultimate statement of self-sufficiency and self-existence. He is the one true God who was and who always will be. There is no God before him and there will be no God after him. He is the one and the only. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the one who was and who is and who is to come. There is no one before him and no one after him. He is the only almighty creator of this world. And the I am statements that Jesus made clearly show us that Jesus was declaring himself to be that God, to be that same God. He was declaring himself to be the one and the only eternal God incarnate in the flesh. So just to give you a bit of context into how powerful this is, there's so many different ways that I could have gone or that the Lord would take this, but I really want you to understand how powerful this statement was that Jesus made. It wasn't just some flippant statement, but there was actually a moment that the Jewish people would have understood this and seen this because what happened when Jesus made this statement, uh, we read in John chapter seven is that it began, there began the feast of the tabernacles. 
And for those of us that don't know what the Feast of the Tabernacles is, the Jewish people, God's people, would celebrate. They'd throw this big party in Jerusalem for a week where Jews from all over the entire known world would come to Jerusalem. They'd set up tents or tabernacles, and they would celebrate how God delivered the people of Israel over 1,400 years before from the Egyptians. How God delivered them from slavery and bondage to freedom. How God delivered them from darkness to light. And when Jesus said this, it was the seventh day of the celebration, the seventh and the final day of the celebration. What they would do, the Jewish people would light these uh, huge candles, if you will. They were pillars that would go up 30 feet high and they would have these large bowls that they'd fill with oil and they'd use actually as a wick. They would use the priest's undergarments as the wick. So for a year, the priest, the pastors would save up their underwear and they'd use it for a wick. What do you think of that, Pastor Cliff? (laughs) And what would happen on the seventh day was they would light these candles. They would light these large torches and they would burn so bright that people could see them from miles away. And in, in the night, they would light up the entire city. And what the children of Israel were doing is they were remembering how God showed up as a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Not just to lead them, but his very presence showed up and revealed himself to the people of Israel 1,400 years before. And the children of Israel, the Jews, were celebrating that right at that moment. It says right at the beginning of John chapter 8 that Jesus came early in the morning. They say early in the morning is when the darkness is at its darkest. And right when the light cracks through the dawn, Jesus steps up and these large pillars of fire are coming from the temple and Jesus says, I am now the light of the world. You're looking to what God did 1,400 years ago. But he says, but I am God incarnate in the flesh, the very Shekinah glory, the manifest presence of God standing before you. Jesus stands up before the Jews and he says, I am the light of the world. And I think that it's important that we recognize this, friends, because we can look to what God did thousand years ago. We can look to what God did 15 years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. But what is God doing to reveal his light to you right now? Jesus says, I am the light of the world right here, right now in your presence. He says, I am the living God standing in your midst. And I think that we can look and celebrate and remember what God did, how his Shekinah glory, how his very manifest present revealed himself at one time. But I believe that God is right here this morning, that Jesus is here and he's saying to you, I want to do something fresh. I want to do something new. Don't look just to the past. What is God doing in your life now? How is the light of God shining in your light? How is he shining through you right now in 2019? He was literally saying when he said, I am the light of the world. Do you know that light and that glory of God that showed itself in the wilderness? He said, you know how God showed up and revealed himself back then to your ancestors generations before? You know that pillar of fire? He says, well, guess what? I am here right now. I am the light of the world, Jesus says. My question for you this morning is what is God doing in your life right now? 
I know that God moved in this church many years ago in a powerful way, but I believe that he wants to do something fresh today. That he wants to do something just powerful in your life today. How is he leading you by his light? Just like he led the children of Israel with a pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night. How is God leading you now? How is Jesus leading you now? How is he shining his light in your life and through your life? When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he not only declared that he was God, but he also expressed his saving relationship to the world. Throughout the scriptures, we see this constant theme that we can miss it if we're not careful. But even right at the very beginning, we see this theme of God's light breaking through the darkness. If you look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And boom, there was light. His light breaking into the darkness. And when Jesus shows up as the light of the world, he breaks into the darkness of the world that is sin and death. And just as the sun is the physical light of the world, there's no other sun. Did you know, by the way, that in the new heaven and the new earth, there is going to be no sun? The glory of the Lord will illuminate the entire world. The glory of the Lord will be the only light that we need. But just like the sun is the only earth, the only um, light in the earth, Jesus is the only spiritual light that we can have. There's no other. When Jesus says, I am the, he's making a very exclusive statement. There is no other way to spiritual enlightenment. You can't get there by your good works. You can't get there by meditation. You can't get there by following some false way or false religion. Jesus makes an exclusive statement. He says, I am the light of the world. There is no other light. There is no one else. It's either light or it's darkness. It's Jesus or it's death. It's Jesus or it's darkness. And I'm sorry if that offends you. But later on in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, the light comes because the light comes to bring us freedom. Yeah, you can give him praise for that. The light comes to bring freedom from the darkness. Jesus says, I am. It's a very exclusive statement. He is the one and the only bread of life. He's the only one that will satisfy your spiritual cravings. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He's the only one that will light the path to righteousness. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the way, the truth, the life. There's no other way to God the Father but through me. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. There's nobody else that cares for your soul like Jesus. Jesus says, I am the door. There's no other way to step into eternity than through Jesus. When Jesus says, I am, he's saying he is the one and only. There is no other. Jesus is is, he was, and he is the light of the world. So what does this mean to us? As the light of the world, Jesus delivers us from darkness. Jesus is the only one that can deliver you from darkness. And I'm not just talking about a difficult situation, although Jesus does want to help us. I wanted to go there. 
I wanted to blow this up that no matter what situation you're in, his light will bring and change your situation. He does bring hope. Light brings hopeness. Light is always equated in our world to hope. But I think it's something deeper than that. The light that Jesus is, is the glory of the gospel. The glory of the good news that Jesus delivers us from the darkness of sin and death. In John 8, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness. He says, if you're in Christ, you will not walk in darkness any longer. Jesus Jesus delivers us from darkness and destroys the power of sin and death in our lives. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 says this, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Listen, friends, the Bible is very clear that outside of Jesus, there is only darkness. That outside of Jesus Christ, you are in darkness, spiritually speaking. But he says, inside of him, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Therefore, walk as children of the light. First Peter 2, verse 9 says this, but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation. See, when you have the light, you see yourself in a different identity. You might have seen yourself in darkness and shame and condemnation, but when you step into the light, when you step into Christ, he gives you a new new identity. He says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and delivered you into his marvelous light. And in John chapter 12, verse 46, Jesus says this. He says, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Listen, you don't come to the light by your good works. It's not by your behavior modification or putting on your best behavior that you're delivered from darkness or sin into the light. Jesus says you believe on him. He says, if you believe on him, you're transformed from the darkness into his light. Whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. That's his desire. He doesn't want us to stay in darkness. He wants us to come out of darkness. And how many of you know that the light has power over the darkness? I want you to just think about this room for a second. If we shut off all the lights, I was almost going to do this. If we shut off all the lights so that you could barely even see your hand in front of you. Has anybody experienced that kind of darkness before? A few years ago, I went scuba diving at nighttime. And it was so dark down there that I couldn't even see my hand this far in front of my eyes. But Jesus comes as the light of the world because he, do, he doesn't want us to stay in darkness. He wants to deliver us from darkness. And light overcomes the power of darkness. He says, if anyone hears my words and does not believe in me, I do not judge him. For I didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. Do you see how when light shines on the darkness, it's actually really good news? Because he doesn't want to leave you in darkness. Condemnation, shame, guilt wants you to stay in darkness. But Jesus, as the grace-filled one, the love-filled one, who sees all of the mess that you're in, who sees every crevice of your heart, who sees everything that you've ever done wrong, shows up and he says, I didn't come to judge you. I came to bring you freedom. 
And the light brings freedom from darkness. In John 8, if we go back to that scripture for a second, he says, he who follows me will not walk in darkness. If you're a follower of Jesus, you don't have to walk in darkness. Why? Because when you follow Jesus, the light of the world, he will shine his light on the darkness in your life, on the sin in your life. He'll expose it. That's what light does. Think about it if you're in a dark room. And I went backpacking in Australia one time. And when you turned on the lights in some of these hostels, the cockroaches, they like dispersed. Light exposes messes. Light exposes things that want to hide in the darkness. And that's actually really good news when it comes to Jesus. Because Jesus has overcome the darkness and wants to set us free from guilt and shame. He wants to set you free from guilt and shame. You might think that in your life, you're hiding sin in the dark shadows of your heart. But I want to tell you, friends, that there is nothing hidden from God. You know, sometimes I think we come to church, we put on our best. We put on the game face. We smile. But maybe the night before we were caught in sin. Maybe we fell into sin. Maybe out in the lobby you were gossiping about somebody. Maybe you know that there's a secret that you're keeping hidden in your heart and the only thing that it's doing is eating away at you. This morning, Jesus wants to shine his light on the darkness of your life and of your heart to bring freedom from shame and condemnation. He wants to forgive us and cleanse us from all of our sin. You see, when you're walking in darkness, it's easy to hide sin in your life. But when you're in Christ, the light of this world, he will light up and shine his light to expose your sin. You can't hide it. But the truth is, the light is way more powerful than the darkness. And the light of Jesus not only destroys the darkness in our lives. Check this. This is a, a, a little word, a phrase that God spoke to my heart just the other day. It says, not only does his light destroy darkness, but he actually disarms condemnation. In John chapter 8, if we go back to our story, it begins by telling of this woman. It says that Jesus stepped into the temple to teach early in the morning. And as he was teaching, he was in the middle of church. There's these Pharisees, these religious leaders that caught this woman in the act of adultery. And they brought her before Jesus. They interrupted the church service. They brought her before Jesus. And we pick it up in verse 7. And it says this. So when they continued asking him, they said, the law commands that we stone this woman to death. And here's the thing. Her offense demanded death. Her sin demanded death by the law. And you know the truth is the same for you and me? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That our offense against God, our sin against God, actually demands a death sentence. And no matter what it is, see, there's two people in the story. There's the woman who got caught in this nasty sin, but there's also these Pharisees who were not without sin. 
The Bible says we've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. And our sin has a death sentence to it. But listen to Jesus's response to them. He says, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And he stooped down and he wrote in the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their own conscience went away one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. Why is that? Why beginning to the oldest, to the last? Maybe, maybe it's because the older we get, the more we recognize how much we need Jesus. And Jesus was left alone with this woman standing in her midst. When Jesus raised himself up and he saw no one but the woman and he said to her, could you just picture her for a second? She just got caught in this terrible act of sin. And she knew that her sin demanded a death sentence. And Jesus being a teacher of the law, a Pharisee or a, 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 a prophet, people called him. She probably hung her head in shame and guilt and fear. But look at how the Lord responds to her. He says, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And I can picture her lifting up her eyes and looking Jesus in the eye and saying, no one, Lord. And Jesus says to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. This reminds me of John chapter 3, verse 16, where it says this. You guys know it. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus came to pay that death penalty that the law demanded of you and me because of our offense. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish in darkness, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. What is the song that the world needs to hear? That Jesus doesn't condemn you. Jesus, the one who has the right to judge, actually doesn't judge, but he offers forgiveness. He offers grace. He offers salvation in its place, just like this woman. And he says, he who follows me will not walk in darkness. Jesus declared that he was the light of the world and that us, we who follow him, will not walk in darkness. What does this mean? That we won't walk in darkness. It means that we're growing in holiness. And we're maturing in our faith as we follow Jesus. It doesn't mean that we're perfect and that we'll never stumble into sin. Never wrestle with that? Where it's like, how can Jesus say we won't walk in darkness? I know what my life looked like last week. But here's the thing as the light of the world, Jesus won't allow you to continue in sin. 
He will not allow you to continue to walk in the ways of darkness and sin. His light brings grace and grace empowers us to walk in freedom from darkness. When we bring the darkness, when we bring the sin into the light, it loses its power. And walking in the light means growing in holiness. As a follower of Jesus, you might stumble into, you will stumble in sin, but you won't continue to walk in it because the light of Christ that is in you, his presence will not allow you to stay in sin. His light shines on the dark shadows of sin in our lives so that we can bring them to the light and experience freedom. There's a scripture, I think it's in James, it says, therefore confess your sins to one another so that times of refreshing may come in the presence of the Lord. When we allow the light of Jesus to shine in our lives, sin has no power, death has no power, shame has no power, condemnation has no power in the life of those who walk in the light. Light breaks into the darkness and brings hope. Jesus brings hope. And here's the thing. Walking in the light means that we're going somewhere. We're on a journey. We're going towards something. I may not be where I want to be, but because I'm walking in the light, I'm not where I used to be. Do you understand the difference? Because I think the accuser of the brethren so often wants to come When we stumble in sin and bring accusation and see you're not even saved in the first place. But Jesus wants you to have complete assurance this morning that not because of your good deeds or your best behavior, but because you believe in the light of the world, you shall not walk in darkness. There is freedom. I'm going to invite the worship team back up. I want to close with this verse out of 1 John chapter 1. And it says this, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, if we continue in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, walking in the light doesn't mean perfection. But it means that you won't stand for even a little bit of darkness in your life. You'll bring it to the light. He says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the shed blood of Jesus Christ can deliver you from darkness into light. Nothing but the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary 2,000 years ago can wash you of all of your sin. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I am the light of the world. And he who follows me shall not walk in darkness 
but have the light of life. Do you have complete assurance this morning that you are in the light of Christ? When you lay your head down on the pillow, do you know that you know that you know that you know that you have been forgiven of all of your sin, that he's delivered you from darkness into his marvelous light. Do you know how much freedom there is in the light? I'm free to be who God made me to be. I don't have to hide in the shadows. I'm going to ask you all to stand to your feet this morning. If you're here this morning, friend, maybe it's your first time in church. And maybe you feel trapped in darkness. Maybe you feel that the darkness of sin is like a disease that is continuing to eat away at you. I want to tell you this morning, friends, that Jesus is the light that wants to set you free. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a second. If that's you, maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. But this morning, the Holy Spirit has illuminated your mind to recognize that Jesus is the light that you've been looking for. I'm going to ask you in just a second with every eye closed and every head bowed all over this place, this holy moment right now between you and God. I'm going to ask you if that's you. You've never committed your life to Christ, but this morning he's opened your mind to see that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin and that God raised him from the dead three years later. And this morning you want to place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ as the light, as your Lord and Savior. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand right now. You want to surrender your life to Jesus for the first time. I'm going to ask you just to lift up your hand. I'm looking to my left. God bless you up in the balcony. Slowly just scanning the room. If that's you, to my left, up in the balcony. Looking in the middle right now. To my right. This is a holy moment between you and God. If you want to surrender your life to Christ and come out of the darkness into his light. Awesome. There's one person that I saw that raised their hand. And if you know you should have put your hand up, you wanted to. I'm going to ask you that you would just pray this prayer with me. Actually, for the benefit of our friends who are coming to Christ this morning, why don't we all pray this? Let's close our eyes and just pray this. Jesus, I come to you this morning. I thank you that you are the light of the world. And your light shines on the darkness. And sets me free from all of my sin forgives me and cleanse me of all of my unrighteousness. This morning, I place my faith and trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, church. Let's give God praise. If you're here this morning and you're walking in the light, but maybe you're going through a dark situation, I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward. And then maybe you just want somebody to agree with you and pray with you this morning. Or maybe there is, there is hidden sin in your life and you want to confess it and allow someone to just pray with you that you would be delivered from the darkness of your life. I'm going to invite you forward. We're going to worship. Don't sleep, slip off. Let's spend some time just pressing into Jesus this morning. God bless you.
Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church.